You should never have to compromise your ethics in favour of efficacy. Cruelty-free and 98% nature-derived, Andalou Naturals' age-defying range is backed by fruit stem cell science, combining the most potent parts of nature and science to deliver a youthful and radiant complexion, to lessen the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, and for overall firmer skin. Key ingredients like avocado, goji berry, cocoa seed, grape and heirloom apple, combined with skincare heroes like Reservatrol, Coenzyme Q10 and Hyaluronic Acid, are what set Andalou apart. No more standard textures, scents or ingredients. Case in point, Andalou's Avo Coco Mask, which is loaded with antioxidants and amino acids, glosses onto the skin like velvet and looks and smells just like Nutella. Find Andalou Naturals now in Priceline, Chemist Warehouse, Nourished Life and andalou.com.au so you can smell the cocoa. For 15% off your order on andalou.com.au, use our code GLOW15 at the checkout. Valid until December 31st, 2020. Welcome to the Glow Journal Podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by Eri Perez, the founder, of course, of Eri Perez. Eri was born in Mexico and grew up watching her mother and grandparents mix lotions and potions in their kitchen. Eri is passionate about healing. And after studying nutrition, she fell in love and moved to Australia in 1999 to be with her now husband. Eri had always loved mascaras, and she explains to me the only real difference between Mickey and Minnie is the eyelashes, but she quickly noticed a gap for a great natural mascara or really any natural colour cosmetics here in Australia. From there, with next to no budget, she set to work on the first iteration of her own mascara, and soon thereafter, Eri Perez Cosmetics was born, a brand that Eri grew piece by piece that now has offices in two continents and is stocked in over 30 countries. I do want to keep this introduction short because, as you will understand very soon, no one can tell the Eri Perez story quite like Eri herself. This conversation was pure joy from start to finish and it was one of those chats where I had a pain in the lower part of my jaw by the end of it just from grinning for far too long, which is precisely the energy that I want to take well into the summer break. Eri tells me in this episode that the human body is the most perfect thing in the world and that we are made so beautifully and I think that is the perfect note to end this season on. On that note, I actually am allowing myself time off for the holidays this year in news that will shock literally everyone who knows me, but we will be back to open season three on January 20. In this conversation, Eri shares why putting truth and your heart into your work really is the most important thing a person can do, how she physically managed to get her business off the ground with one product and no budget almost 20 years ago, and how missing out on a parking space some decades ago may well have changed the course of her entire life. So 
So you grew up in Mexico. So how about we start there? What is your very, very earliest memory of beauty? Oh, my Nana and my mom, they will give me beetroot to rub right on my cheeks and lips to have a flush. They will just be so, um, yes, they just, uh, we're, they didn't have beauty products, really. My mom and my Nana, which is the women that I have close to me, um, they have very simple, very simple life, very uh, just mixing things they have there, actually till the date. Um, Something we do, which is a good advice for people, is in the morning when you have your breakfast, you just grab your the skin of the fruit that you chop for your children or for yourself and just get all the skins on your face. It's AHAs right into the face. And uh, and that's what they do, you know. They just grab whatever was there and put it in the face and take my... So this is what I remember. And I food, like real food right there. And... I probably, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, I can't really recall my age, but I remember that I, you know, we're brown, like J-Lo has brown hair and brown skin and brown eyes, so they embrace these Latin looks with a color in clothes, and so for me, like we, you know, we don't, I don't have like your blue eyes, so, so I think when you have color of blonde hair, all these colors add into your, so you look beautiful with a black dress or whatever, but for us, Latin women, I think we need color, and um, so when you wanted to have this if I drink wine, I don't want to do flush or anything. I need to make it, you know, I need makeup. So I am, um, yes, yeah, so I use it. I wake up and I literally curl my lashes, put a bit of mascara and a tiny bit on my cheeks just to add happiness because that's what gives femininity to me. And I, um, I love um, that from my mom and my grandma. They were brown everywhere, brown eyes, brown skin, brown hair like myself. And they just grabbed a little bit of beetroot and with water, you know, you cut it mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's such an easy thing to do. I mean, it works like, you know, many different things that we do now in beauty, but naturally it's good in color as well. So that's easy to do, I think, and zero waste. <laughs> I might try that. I've, I feel like yeah. a few people have come on and talked about using their lipstick on their cheeks, but certainly not beetroot. Yeah, just pure beetroot. I mean, that's the, the thing that you, the, the carrot as well, you know, you shred it. And you can put lots of shred carrot on your hair and stain your grace, all your grace hair as well. There's so many ways to just do things that are amazing, you know, with beauty that not necessarily packaging or a box is uh, obviously we have developed things now, easy ideas for people as, you know, women will just find they like to have something and then why not making a better version, you know, something that uh, just beauty made better in a, in a way, but at the end, nature has, has it right there. You don't really need to purchase anything. <laughs> Except your beautiful products, which of course we will get to. <laughs> yeah, we get there. <laughs> I, I really don't do this for the money. I just have so much fun. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, what, what, how many things I will do with my life. I just really love now. I'm enjoying just telling people a change of lifestyle with products that I, I do now that is so much I can change of them I make them better and so much more I can do but I, I like that just back to simple is so good and I and that's really my first memory of beauty oh I love that I mean we've been talking for two minutes and I already feel like I've learned more in this conversation uh, than I have maybe all year so you <laughs> of course you grew up watching your mother and your grandmother you know using fruits and mixing these kind of home beauty remedies and I read that your grandfather worked in traditional medicine as well when you were a child did you ever 
imagine that you would end up working in beauty yourself? Um, I I re- I rarely thought about that. I didn't really have a much approach. My mom, I mean, my family wasn't much on of TV. Or like, not like, you know, maybe we watch sometimes like when you little girl meets universe, you know, it's like something is nice to watch once a year. Then I don't think I haven't watched for a long time. And oh, not even the Oscars. I didn't have that kind of family. My family were very hippie style. I was one of the black sheep at school <laughs> while all my other friends were very different. My mom and my, my, my dad, my whole family is very different, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm now hippie by heart. Um, I think I've always been, and always just, I actually very settled today with my jewelry, but I just like to wear so much stuff, like look like a Christmas tree every day. But uh, I, I really um, love the, the biology and science. I always did. I always like food. I always like mixing and potions and, and things and play. I, I play with everything. I think my two passions were always sales and mixing and science. I always liked it. I used to actually, in Verde Paris, all the lollies I go, I just sit outside on a table and put them in there. And my friends around, we just come and buy them because I just like fun having people and selling things. I always like that. And then I used to make things myself to, to, to sell and I like that I like, but to be honest, the, the, the science behind this is um, maybe my, my real, maybe a little story I can tell you is with my grandpa. Uh, he, every time we have something, it was not, not like, let's go to the doctor. Let's go to the pediatrician. I didn't have that kind of family. It was like, yeah, don't worry, you'll be fine. When we see your grandpa on holidays, he'll fix it or things like that. My mom would just have some lemon and water, take some apple cider vinegar. That was her remedies always. Always this been at home. My house always smelled like apple apple cider vinegar. And my husband hates the smell. And I <laughs> and I try to use it in the morning when he's not here because I, I just use these things. I don't need to buy anything. I do this with bicarbonate, things like that. That's been in my family for ages, all these kind of things. So I remember when I have like a word on my hand and I was embarrassed for my friends to see it and I used to put a little watch I remember and and when I had it my mom said when we're going to see your grandpa you he will remove it and he I arrived and he said how many days you're going to be here oh you know the the the, the Easter holidays and he just to grab a fig from the tree and just the milk that comes when you you know the milk that comes from the tree when you when you pick a fruit and just put it right there and I still have a little bit of the thing on my hand that of the scar, but it's, it was gone. Like it, it really hardens, it got hard, and it just falls off, and that's it. And wow. and and like that on and on. I can tell you, pain on the tooth, and, and then you have to bite the clove, and then like he just he has something on his head, and he just cut it and clean it, and then my mom just put honey on accidents, like to heal them. And it was just like on, on cuts, like always like the little, you know, if, if a little kid has a lot of bleeding, you peel the onion, the little skin of the onion and put it right there. The very thin skin that goes after the onion in the fresh side. Mm. And, and it stops the bleeding. Like it's so many ways to just do things that you don't need, you know, and to, to, to have band-aids and to, there's so many ways to do. And I can, I always want to, I will write a book one day. I keep writing things all over in different papers and different little papers here and there but there's so much in in, in to learn in in in, in what, the people that is now you know i think is the, the the biggest treasure we have is the elder you know that these people that have so much to give and many maybe we don't invest time in talking to them i've actually i think the saddest thing happened to me as being a migrant in australia is just to 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 leave my grandparents for now more than 
21 years to don't be there and learn from them because they're not fun people. You know, they don't do faith and things like that. And the four of them passed away a little while ago. All of them last more than 90 years. And they all very, very trailblazers. And the way they live, my dad's side, they were actually um, have a lab. You know, they analyze urine and, and blood with um, the people they used to do analysis. And, and my grandpa had a laboratory and mixed things. And, and my grandma was, they both have seven kids each. And my grandma had, you know, she worked, went early to the laboratory, done analysis. They did a university degree. That was, that was ages ago. I was, I was born in 74. I'm 46. So I was like, the way they live their lives, it was in, incredible how, you know, they were so organized in an actual messy and fun life. I loved it. And, and I learned from them that science and food and biology, it was is something fun that I actually enjoy and could help people. And I think having a, a dad as well, that he was an economist, my mother, an anthropologist, I just think the human side in my life is, was always very strong and I something I enjoy. So watching them just make me love science and, and biology and nature. <laughs> I love that you learned all of that from them because I know that you you went on to study nutrition, which, you know, now knowing that about you, it makes a lot of sense because you learned so much about food and about science. What was your yes. plan? Was the goal to eventually become a nutritionist? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to be a doctor. Okay. I, and then I – so I parked the university in Mexico. is huge. I, I guess say the, the, the university in Mexico probably has more people than Canberra. <laughs> I was the other day talking like that to a friend. There's so many people. So you have the the, the the medicine building and then I parked and it was actually nowhere to park. So I have to park two buildings besides and walk. And then I kind of thought, I don't know. It was a very big building, so much going on. And then I talked to it. Like, so to be a doctor, you had to be study eight years. Mm. And the next door was the dentist. And that was six years. I was... I wanted to do anything that I wasn't doing too much. That was my thing. And being with nature and science. My first dreams were oceanography. I love oh. water. I always love water. But my mom, when I was young, she said, well, why are you going to go and live in Tijuana or over there where the school is? And then, and at the end, my destiny was to live, <laughs> actually live in the ocean. It's just right here on my doorstep. And now you feel like that was my destiny. But I didn't really study oceanography. And I love, you know, uh, marine animals so much and I and I from the mountains it was something my dad used to take us whenever he could to trips until I was 15 when he could with his job um, to little trips in the ocean in, in Tulum and all those places and now I was so visited by people all that area was where my dad worked in the in the coast and it was so beautiful so I always liked the water but then as I look this and, and as my my grandpa was a medicine man and heal people I say I want to heal people but that's not like doctor. I know eight years. I know it's too much, and that, and then just to have the base to then study. So then, because I couldn't find parking, this is really weird. I study. I, I parked. Sorry, in where the, the the bachelor of nutrition was, and and I and I just went there and said, hello. Like this is four years. I'm in four years. I do it. So I finished my high school. I did that, and through these four years, at the same time, I study many, many other courses, acupuncture, back flowers, iridology, herbology. So I did that like, like half of the time. So it was half and half. So all these courses made me who I wanted to be, but that wasn't really something that maybe people would say, I'm going to go and see you to a private practice. You know, I'm going to, I love like, if I see you, you know, I see people and I grab my phone and turn the light on. I'm looking at the eyes. I love iridology. It's so beautiful. 
And, and that was for me what I wanted to do. I just wanted to make formulas, heal people, make teas, make potions, look at your body. I love um, the, 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 the body's anatomy. Oh, I'm so passionate about it. I actually, for my kids, for, for, for books to read, I buy them the kids anatomy books. And I love <laughs> that my passion in the human body is the most perfect thing in the world. We made so beautifully in everything, the way we absorb things. And we, I just loved it loved, loved so much. And I think it's just so fun and, and intriguing and it's just so perfect and miraculous. And after having three kids as well, you're like, what is this thing coming inside from me? Like, I don't think we really stopped and think how amazing we are. I am going to send that clip of audio to all of my girlfriends because if I hear one more of them complain about the human body over the Christmas period, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm like, guys, the body is amazing. The fact that we can, all of these things that we can do. Yeah, that's what a beautiful way of looking at things. Thank you. It is amazing. And this is the only house we have to live. There's no others. Is that we need to like I'm a you know I'm airy but this is my person but it has this body to live, so Eric cannot live anywhere else. I need to live here, and I need to look after this body and love it as it is because I have no other. This is the eyes I've got, the nose I have, the bum I have, <laughs> you know, the everything I have is what I got, and for a reason is there to support my own personality, and I think it's so perfect and. I think as we're trying to change it, we might lose the real support that is meant to be there to support who we are inside. So I think uh, we made for perfection and, you know, we just maybe change the way we are as we don't listen the way nature wants us to be and the way we've been created. I love that. So it's interesting that you had that very early interest in the ocean and you've mentioned that it's basically on your doorstep now. It was around 1999, if research serves me, that you moved over here to Australia. What prompted that move? I'd love to hear more about that time. Yeah, well, I was uh, probably, when I finished my uni degree, I started school very young. I, I, I always put me very young at school. I was raised Montessori, you know, all my life. I did that until high school in Mexico. We have that. I obviously crazy creative kids. <laughs> I love that. As I tell you, my parents were very um, hippies. Um, but uh, I um, I probably was 22, 23 where uh, I finished my uni. And before that, I met the love of my life. We're still together with me. We work together. He's uh, Juan is uh, everything for me. He's the one. He he's we've been 21 years together. We had three kids now. Um, 11, Maura Emma is nine, and Sai is five. Two girls and a boy. And we've been together on this brand for 18 years. On this marriage for 21 years. And I've been in Australia. He brought me here. He came here first, backpacking, and then he went back to Mexico. I met him a while ago, since I was 16. We were friends. He was a friend of my cousin. As in Mexico, we go out and have fun with our cousins a lot. You know, it's very that kind of culture. We party with them. So the cousins look after you. You look after them. And then they introduce you to their friends. I think that's a beautiful way of, you know, for young people to have fun and look after each other. And I met him. And I just, when he came back from Australia, he was even more interesting. He's so, I just, he's fun and clever. That's all I wanted in a guy. Just fun. He's so fun. And and I, we have so much fun together. And and that was that we moved to Australia. I never thought about Australia. I actually didn't know anything about Australia, but the kangaroo in the Monopoly or, you know, <laughs> in the, 
I, I don't know. I just thought we are so, I don't know if Mexico in those days when I studied, we are very into our national news and our national, um, very patriotic, you know, we very, uh, Mexico is very, very, um, well, we love a lot of culture and the way we don't really have mixed cultures like you do here or mixed. Maybe now there's more migration from South America to Mexico as Mexico is North America. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, so it's interesting that um, for me it was huge. Like when Juan came back and told me his stories in Bombay and Tamarama, where he was backpacking you know, <laughs> and all these. And he was just like, oh, how interesting. And he said, well, I'm going to go back. He got his, uh, he's a, an engineer. He go to, to go back and he got his residency through a sponsor here. And well, that's how I end up in Australia. We got married. I move. I follow him with my wedding dress. He said, "Well, I'm going with or without." You. And I said, "Oh my God, he, this guy really is very confident." I very follow, and I finished my uni and I came here right after with really nearly no English, but very lots of energy to do sales and to do anything to earn money to see my family again. <laughs> so you follow um, this fun, interesting, clearly very confident guy over here to Australia. Did you notice any big differences in the way that Australian women were approaching beauty as compared to Mexico? Oh, a lot. I arrived and I was like, love this place. Everybody was natural. Like Australian weather is very different on the weather I come from. I'm from the mountains in Monterey. It's a beautiful city that is called the king of the mountains with lots of mountains around it. It's very arty. A lot like maybe Melbourne, you know, like a lot of us, we don't have beach. And, and, uh, and it's very dry. So the makeup, like Latin woman is, loves more and more. Latinas in general, we like a lot of stuff. You know, we loud and we like lots of stuff and lots of colors. We're not really that uh, neat and, and I guess um, simple and, and beautiful, fresh, like Australian beauty in general. Like why the Australian uh, women is uh, gorgeous and, and hard worker and she, she embraces uh, practicality and freshness and beauty in a very different way than the Latin woman. The Latin woman actually takes time in the beauty. We take time, not myself, as I come from my very hippie mom and my grandma, but in general, the women is like that. So every time I went, like when my graduation, if you go to someone's wedding, like, whoa, there's so much going on. And, um, and then I arrived in Australia and I loved like the couple of parties and weddings I went. It was really natural. I said, I love this place, how people just, just less is more since then. Even maybe you guys in here, you go, oh, maybe in Queensland they were this much, or Sydney or Melbourne or this much. And, and comparing to Mexico, God, no, it's so different. Like over there we have so much eyeshadow and so much eyelashes, so many and a lot of lipstick. And, and the, I, obviously times have changed, but then that was in the early 2000s. I, when I arrived here, it was actually 99. And it was so different. I was 23 and... It was, I loved it. I loved it so much and everything was less. I, I got very interested about how you guys just did everything. And and at the same time, as I was working as a babysitter, my beginning, my beginning here, I looked at the way families work because it was for bigger kids like my kids are now, no, no babies, but uh, a sitter. So they, the lives are very busy, you know, you may, I work for a woman, you know, you can have a $5 million house and the lady has to do everything. They they clean, they do, they guide those, they loan, they garden. Australia really has that balance economically comparing to countries like mine or India or, you know, where there's always someone who needs a job 
that it can, that you can pay maybe a little less to help you in your house. So there's really, I guess, middle class have more help over there than here. So for me, the way women in Australia have to embrace looking ready and be nice and go to work and run their lives and their home is practical. So I love that. And that's something that I love to embrace because then I could do what I loved. I could study, I could work, I could quickly look nice. And I didn't look different. It was just like, it was like I belong here. I really loved it. So at what point did you start, say, noticing a gap for a natural beauty brand and start thinking, okay, maybe I could create something here? Um, I I really loved um, wearing mascara. I always, my, my story of Shrek and Minnie, you know, like, like, like what's the difference between Shrek and Fiona and Mickey and Minnie? <laughs> Is the lashes, is the lashes really? Lashes are so important. And for me, as I said, like as when I was young, maybe I didn't think of every beauty on myself. I think about I needed something to, to just raise my game and be more sexy or fun or happy, which is the, the look I tried to do, looking happy in my range. And I just have to put cheeks and mascara, but the mascara was like. No, I couldn't negotiate that. My lashes are long, but they're straight. So I need to curl them. And and I need to, to use a mascara on my eyes to actually kind of, you know, just look more feminine and happy. So I couldn't find anything for my sensitive eyes that was okay with this weather because it's so different mm-hmm. than what I was used to. In Mexico, I could do a, 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 a Mexican-made mascara there that it wasn't 100% natural, but it had, I did have a... a I was always close to, to brands over there that they were very um, uh, economical. You know, you can buy them anywhere. I had avocado oil or something, but it, they were no 100% natural and they, they were good. So they good for lashes, but they didn't smudge or anything. And then I, I, when I got here, I was like, what's this for me here? I couldn't find that. And um, but then I, I looked at, um, I, as I live in this area in the eastern suburbs and my life was around Bondi, I, I used to go to the health and party on Bondi Road and as a health food store, it was really, they're very visionaries and how they go, you know, beautiful, uh, like milk then was like one style now with so many of organic milk, eggs, uh, granola bar, things like that. And, and I was like, oh, there's actually nothing natural here. I thought I could find something. But not because, you know, like in America, you go from Mexico to the U.S. and you find more stuff in stores that you find in Mexico. So I thought Australia could be the same, not because you guys speak English. I don't know. I just thought, but it's actually very minimal what they got on the store. And then I saw beautiful brands like those days, which I still love, like Walida, Dr. Hashka, Julie was just starting, you know, and it was all these body, body, body products and very a few. And there was really nothing in makeup actually nothing after maybe la vera started but there was no makeup so i said oh what i i just kind of thought about that so that was a gap but i didn't really think i wanted to do a mascara i just knew following your question that was a gap well my plan was always to make formulas to heal (laughs) so where did you go from there you've you've noticed this gap but at what point did you think okay yep i am going to create a mascara i can do this so I asked my mom um, or my sister-in-law, I think she came, my, 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 she, she was in, in France studying French, uh, babysitting and stuff. And then on her way here, she said she still have the mascara. I recommend her or some products I recommend her from Mexico with her. And I said, oh, can you bring me mascara? So she got it to me. And then I said, oh, that's good because I can't find anything because I have super sensitive skin and eyes, even I have darker skin. 
I have very sensitive. Um, and I, uh, by then it was already, well, I started the business 2002. So I arrived 99, so maybe 2000, 2001, when I was already, my English, as I said, was very limited. I was waitressing, babysitting, anything. And I thought the only way to get an income for me was doing sales, which is what I knew how to do it. And sales was very important and very easy. And I think the best profession anyone can learn. And and I did um, knew how to do it. I just maybe I have to be confident with the English I had. And I said, so I started selling in marketing, bond markets everywhere. And, you know, I just dresses and earrings uh, that I got, like anything. And to get some money and, and try to do my formula. So then I go talk to my grandpa, say, grandpa, I really want to do your, your this and this formula that you like because it's good to, to clean your insides. And the one, remember the one that you told me that we can just, he said, no, 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 you don't make money with health. This is not to sell. And I said, why? And he said, because it doesn't work that way. Plus the, my beliefs is that every country has its own herbs and everybody's um, biology has to be healed with what you got on the place you are. And that's, you know, a, a lot of like the thoughts of the Aboriginal people as well. And I thought, oh, okay, well, well, I need to pay my rent, you know, and my husband too. And he, we need to go back to Mexico every year. I want to go holidays. I need to have a plan. I couldn't just be stuck on this beautiful island forever. I need to see my family. And so I started searching what I'm going to do. So to make actual formulas then, the TGA, the Therapeutic Good Administration, was very hard. As you imagine, there was not really internet much. It was Google was like so vague. No, nothing much. So I start digging and I had to use a card to cross the road in the payphone. You know, when you used to pay cards to, to call people from overseas and try to get the best of your $10 that you earn after an hour working for $10. Anyway, so that was how you go. So I saved $2,000. That's all I have from my waitressing and this and that. And, um, and I said, I need to do something. And I, I was desperate. And to do this, these, these formulas I wanted to do, even remembering my aromatherapy courses and that, that I could help with the back flowers and all this. I need to do my own thing. So it was very expensive to do and very hard to get approval. And obviously, I nobody could help me. My husband, he was in a different industry. He was more in finance and working in this and that. So I was like, what am I going to do? And I said, well, I need to start doing something else. So I remember of the mascara and I just decided I'm going to start with this. And I just focus. I'm very driven into just nail the one thing, do it all the way and finish it. And next, that's how I do things. I don't plan anything. I just like moving up, you know, and keep on. Not, I don't like to leave things. I'm very persistent that way. And uh, I call it the peace, you know, patience, persistence, prudence, <laughs> all the, the important piece in my life. So, Ah uh, yeah, that's what I did. So I, I, I start making this product, you know, with this two thousand dollars. That's all I got. That was my budget. <laughs> two thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So, so how did you go about physically turning it into a brand? How did you find a manufacturer? Like, where does one even go at that time to find packaging? There's so many elements that go into it. I have. I had a very dodgy packaging, so I, uh, I had a very simple, very ugly-looking plastic bottle of mascara with a really cool big brush. I remember that I want to bring back. Mm. I love big brushes, but I, you know, a lot of people had smaller lashes, so they don't like another we sell in Asia as well. Maybe it's not the best brush for them, but it was so good. And to do the formula, actually, I, 
I just start thinking, how am I going to do this mascara? All right. So I need a product that is natural. So actually, I can sell it in these little stores that then my friends and then say hi to me. The little stores that sell the milk and the eggs in organic and this and that. So I had to mix beeswax, which is what I knew, which mm-hmm. is not vegan, obviously. The, I don't call my range vegan because I just have one product that is not, which is the original Amanol Mascara, the one I started the brand. Mm-hmm. And everything else is vegan now. It's always been. But with this product, this is my original, I made a formula with oils and mix it and how i did it is i ask i i i did a lot of calls to to places i found in the yellow pages if anyone knows about this now they use them to put the legs up for breastfeeding or something i don't know or maybe they don't even exist anymore i think but, they uh, do they, i think we've still got some hanging around we've still got yeah? yellow pages that was the way you do like people these days young people don't know how lucky they are with uh with uh, internet and google um yeah, so that was like yellow pages so, uh, with Mexico, big books like I got sent. And I said to my mom, I'm going to find. So nobody really listened to me. I just got $2,000. So I could even make like five, 800 bottles of something or whatever I could do then. And I, so I, I just kind of say to this guy, I call him once. When someone opens the door to you, I wanted to listen. So this guy, Juan, his name is Juan as well. We still, we actually have a phone call with him yesterday to help me making me the mascaras i said to him he always make uh makeup and things and i said i want to make a natural makeup he said but you can't read. we use parabens and this and that he said, but the honey on my pantry doesn't go off it doesn't and why and the peanut butter from the health emporium you know like <laughs> why and he said because they don't have any water like well let's don't have any water let's just put something that like a wax or something like I, I i study a lot maybelline have this pot when they that was still maybelline you know one of the best selling pink mascara is they it was so amazing then in a little container that you have to have the spoolie and and how they mix this thing that was amazing they have other ingredients obviously that may be toxic then that they didn't know but it was amazing how visionary to help ladies look more beautiful and be more happy after the second world war and stuff and i so i was like there gotta be some way so talking to him, we did so many trials. So when I said I launched in 2002, uh, I started before that working on this. But the thing that I actually launched was a dodgy looking mascara <laughs> with a very funny looking logo with an ugly like red drop that looks like blood, which for me was an almond oil <laughs> drop. It was such a bad marketing. Oh my God. I did it in PowerPoint. One of these days you will see it because we're planning to make a story of the business now that we saw we're going to be 20 years. And, uh, and I was like, but I just, I, I call it every press more than I could make. The name just came from a, 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 in my block in Tamarama where I live, we just all together sit and have fun with my girlfriends from everywhere. I have people with marketing skills and, and designer skills. All my girlfriends, you know, all the girls that they were like me from Ireland and from me from everywhere that I just hear in a, they were migrants and, and, and getting jobs. And we just have a talk and, this, and I, I say to them, I'm gonna sell this mascara, but I don't know what to do with it. Does it need a name? I just call it an auto mascara. No, you need to brand it, Eric. What about if it really works? And I was like, I don't know. I just don't wanna do any more cleaning. I was cleaning houses and babysitting. And say, I really wanna focus in my grandparents things. And, and I have a university degree and they go, call it Eric. But for me, I wasn't airy. My name is Erendira, which is very long and difficult, but you know, Aussies, they shorten everything. <laughs> so now I'm airy. And my name is not Perez, because that's from my husband from getting married. That's Mercado, which means market. 
you sales, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but so after I've been Erendira Perez, I my still today we have the businesses have have his he's my other half and I couldn't do it without him because he does all the boring stuff that I don't like to do numbers and things, and but I do all the fun stuff and creative stuff. So I I did uh, kind of say okay, well every press look every like you know like like uh, Narciso Rodriguez, Jennifer Lopez, and you know today we got Selena Gomez. I was like really does people really like these latin names that was for me was like you know i'd rather be called greg smith i don't know you know which <laughs> maybe in australia is like juan perez in mexico is everywhere you know like so i don't know so i didn't i put the name in there make the box make this product and then i knock i start knocking doors i just decided to do this like like chocolate bar boxes you know just mm. put a dozen or 24 uh, mascaras that I got made filling with this guy in Mexico, very, very handcrafty. And it worked, but it had mineral oil, which it was, which is considered a petroleum-based oil, which it is. But for me, in Mexico, we call it aceite mineral, which is mineral oil. Then I didn't know much about it until I arrived to the first store, which today is still in Bondi, Natural Progression there in Gold Street, the beautiful health store there that has been there for years. And Debbie, when I give her my, I need to pay her a visit actually, I give her my, my first box and she said, what's this natural uh, mineral oil? And oh my God, Australians were so ahead of their game as well, like Germans, you know, with this, they knew, so savvy, they knew ingredients. I was like, well, it's a natural oil, it's mineral. No, that's made of petroleum. I was like, oh no. So this whole batch, I needed to sell it on a market anyway. So I sold it. My, my, our best man is a, a, a lovely guy from Wales, Shane. And I just say to him, did you tell me your mother has works in a market in Wales? And yeah, yeah. Can I send her, her my mascaras? Because they're in English. Maybe she can sell them over there. So I actually post this box with mascaras to Wales to, to them to sell. And they, she sold them. And then I make money again to sell all over with a mineral oil. And so my my first invoice was in 2004 or 2003. Like a, like I've already was selling in different stores, but it wasn't like a natural product 100%. So you know, like I I I developed a better formula. And funny, I don't know, it's weird, but it's been since my first product is 18 years. You know. <laughs> wow. So eventually you did make the formula natural and all of the formulas that have followed. You mentioned there's one product that's not vegan, but the rest of the range is vegan. It's all cruelty free. Why were those factors so important to you? Um, Well, I was, the Bible is my favorite book. Uh, I am not religious. I love just to read it. I read it every week. I have like a small time apart, maybe an hour a week that I like to, to learn. It's a good book. It's a life book. Is so have so many interesting stories, and from there, since my all my life with my parents, my mom and dad, my dad is an atheist, and my mom she always liked to read the Bible, and but my dad knows so much of history, and and he he's very passionate about culture and why we are the way we are, and he always told me stories about he loves politics and history, and I always listen to him. So they're very bohemian people, you know. They have friends coming playing the guitar, and they talk about things, and we go late to bed and listen to all this. That's how I live my life. So with my mom, I learned a lot about Bible stories. And I always loved all these stories and, and they still passionate me. So the one thing I've always had, which still today, as I, I, I have my faith and I love it, but it was the golden rule. And the golden rule is something I apply every day of my life. And it's a big rule. I, I teach my kids, my family, and, I, and I, I always 
tell this this to 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 my my workers to everybody to my colleagues to my to people who's with me in my life a golden rule is you just treat the others the way the way you want them to treat you so i think um if you love someone, you love, they love them, they love you back when it comes in a circle. If you treat the earth with dignity and with love, it will treat you the same back. If you love the animals, the same, they will bring you back what you need from them. So I think uh, this is just a rule that it just made me always wanted to be a respectful uh, product and as a profession or as a business or whatever I envisage in my life, just be something that it was that had a lot of honesty, transparency, dignity. And that's what I was went back with this mascara and make it actual natural. And it was like, you know, maybe a year working on it while I was selling the other mascara that I didn't say 100% natural, but it was like a natural. Many products today, they still say natural and they have a lot of chemicals. But it's, it's, it was really something important for me to be true because this rule is so important to me. And I... I, I, and this is like, I love and hug everybody. This is, this year has been hard for me because you don't touch people much. I'm a hugger and I like, uh, and I, and this is the way, you know, oxytocin is in my life. You know, this is the hormone I love and study as well. And I love it. it, it it's something, it comes to me when, you know, when I, as I was breastfeeding and, and when you contract your uterus because the oxytocin and it's, but it's actually a hormone that is in men as well. Like if you're with your pet and, and cuddling your dog, it comes as well and makes you happy. So in a hug, this for this hormone is there. So when you when you surrounding yourself in positiveness and happiness with trying to be to use the smile as the best makeup you can have, it really does open a lot of doors. But it just really helps you to be busy but be happy. Like you could be busy and have I call it positive stress, but you can do a lot. And when you want to follow a better way of living, or you say. I, why don't do that with your business? And I just say, it has to be, this has to be carbon neutral, cruelty free, vegan. And it's always been like that. You know, it's always been a business who, who just focus on that. It's always been something I like. So you've had that approach to beauty from the very beginning and we're seeing a lot more, you know, natural cruelty free brands now, but certainly at that time you were one of the first what was the response like? Because I guess one of the challenges of being such an innovator and creating something new is that you have to educate consumers on something that they've never tried before. So how did you go about physically getting people on board with your brand? Um, good question. Well, I am. Um, well, obviously, I told my story of Mickey and Minnie and Fiona. I love Trek. that. <laughs> I just, I knock, knock, knock doors with my high heels and my lashes and I curl them and just went, hi, hi. And I have my box. And to do it, I say, I, I literally, I say, look, I, this is it. It doesn't, I push my, uh, sorry, you can't see me in my podcast. So I have just <laughs> grabbing my eyes. I, so I just put my hands on my eyes and I rub them and say, look, it doesn't smudge. It's all natural. It's really good. And I did my dad in Sydney, one door by door. And I think the way to do it, everything you do in life, you just need to have one person that believes in you, the one. And to someone to believe you, you need to believe it yourself. You need to actually love it, believe in your product. That's why you can't sell a lie. You need to have, you really say, so this is what you have. So people, because being believable and be true to yourself is the most magnetic thing in the world. So I think uh, for anyone who's who's listening to this, who wants to be an entrepreneur or do something new, I think whatever it is, a service, a product, uh, you know, something new with your family or a, a new way of eating, a new way of doing exercise. It's all about believing in it. And 
And people say this everywhere, it's in t-shirts, mock-ups, it's in all over. Believe in yourself, you know, and but it's so true. Like not in yourself, believe in what you want to do, you know. It, you do, you know, you are yourself. You can, you can tell your brain, move the hand to the right, move this to the left. Do the, you can do whatever you want, but to do it, your thoughts come from the feelings of something you want that maybe the world needs or something. So I thought the world really needs this product. I, I needed it. Someone else will. So as I went to these stores and I look at all the health food stores have people with a wash face, you know, that's why they didn't wear any makeup. I said, I'm sure they want to do it. And in those days, Gemma, um, just, is talking a bit about this that I don't like to talk often about it but the reality is we all so close to someone who's having a terminal disease and that's the reality and even though today we're talking a lot with natural brands and clean brands with sustainability and zero waste and the world and the toxics and all this in your body but at the end the organ the biggest organ is the skin and it absorbs everything and there's so much out there you know there's so many amazing stories that you know like Rosemary with RMS Beauty, like, you know, how she worked with makeup and then she, mm. she get all these chemicals and make her feel tired. And, and then you decide to remove them from makeup. It's like, this is how I felt. Like I have, you know, very close to me cases in my family of women with cancer. And, and, and the more I knew, you know, the, the more I wanted this so much and keep on growing. And so to convince people, I need to say, this is so good for you with sensitive skin. And when people goes to a health store, which is the, the, maybe, I don't know if anyone heard of me before, but I've been around nearly 20 years. And I, I think every green in the planet knows my brand already, but it's the minority, you know, and all the other people don't know we exist, but we've been around for a long time. And, and it's because people, when, you know, you start going to a health food store, like in Australia, and you want to change your diet or, or start doing organic eating because you're pregnant for the first time or, or because you have an allergy, or because your mother maybe is ill, or somebody needs to change the lifestyle because you you have you know I don't know maybe people have things with the liver, IBS, so many things are today with the, the stress life people lives that it makes you approach to to stores like that that they sell health and you want to change and when you're there you find trust the people who or the products sell it and this is what happened with a lot of our clients today, all our clients even I do have more than thirty countries that sell our product now. But I have them for a while, you know, maybe five years ago, I already had 20 because there were, you know, places and stores who sell clean products since then, all sort of mixes of things, you know, like many, like, a, you know, like Naturissimo in the UK or free people had in the brands to natural things in the US for a while. We had, um, you know, in, a, in Singapore, which is very hard to put products there in Singapore. They really analyze the actual product mm. in the inside. So you can't lie on your ingredient list. So very, and, and it was something that I thought I, to people to trust, I need to show uh, real performance. And the mascara was good, it performed. And in those days, you know, it, it, like Mac was so strong and they sell colors, so many skews, so many colors in different looks. And they were so an incredible brand and followed by Laura Mercy and Bobby Brown as makeup artists. And they, I love their looks when Bobby Brown started doing the, the pretty powerful campaign and it was amazing so visionaries you know and they did what they knew beauty without really thinking on ingredients it was about performance really good performance ingredients plus everything was done then by incredible chemists and and i think uh, labs we work with the ingredients they have or they knew as they keep on looking what women wanted less wrinkles more color more long long lasting and 
And for me, it was the opposite. I want Doug Lastenberg, not too much product, and I, because I, what I wanted to look as pretty as Bobby Brown will make, uh, you know, a, a, a beautiful models to look. I remember the, 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 the beautiful campaign she did, and I like, oh, I love it, Laura Mercier, the way she did her camouflage concealer, and so amazing how Mac did. And all of this, I just thought, I can do this. And when I saw the campaign, uh, you know, about all this AIDS thing that Mac did with Elton John since early age, I said, that's so good that you can do so much with a brand and help. And that's, I think, but the more I entered the beauty industry, the more I said, I can do so much with this. But I, I wasn't thinking in money. I was just thinking in, was so good. And then my husband was with me and we just have so much fun like talking who knows more, you know, because we love, we both love research. So our conversations are sometimes they get a little bit too hot because we have strong personalities and it's just so fun to, to talk about the things that are out there and there's so much you can do with natural ingredients. And, and, and today I feel, you know, how amazing that finally, probably the last two years or this year, my brand is sitting next to incredible products from NARS, DCM, you know, nude sticks and, and I just, hourglass, I just love this, you know, I think that finally it is people see performance, not only like his clean beauty, and which is something is on trend, obviously COVID just put a speed on this, you know, mm. so I think I'm just lucky I was there already and that's why today my story, which is nice for you to invite me to this, to this platform is about telling people like, yeah, I've been around for a while, it's not a new brand, it's fresh because I'm getting old, but my friend won't get old because I don't allow that to happen. But um, I, uh, I, I think it's to, to tell consumers how to educate them. It was about just the belief, like believing in that, you know, I believe on it. And, and this is how I did it. One by one, store by store, knocking doors with a dozen here, a dozen there and follow my, my mom's when she started the business. In, in food, just calling people on the phone and I just post mascaras all over Australia and call them, hey, you receive my mascara? Yeah, you want a box for the counter? Yeah, well, no, it wasn't a big investment. It was like $200 a box, you know? I don't remember those days where they used to have huge brands with so many SKUs. So I try everything. I did went to TBSN and DJs, just mm -hmm. try once, maybe nine, 10 years ago. DJs say no, they say my marketing wasn't good enough. Like they, they, they needed to see more, like they saw the logo, like, I don't know, every print, but you have to have a strong, and I learned more. I remember how excited it was when Zoe Foster, I love Zoe. Do you remember when she was doing prints? Mm -hmm. um, and as she said on her quote that she loved my lip bar. I remember that. I used to have a rose hip lip bar. I remember Rachel Manor from Clio Magazine. I, uh, you know, just a couple of things that happened in my life on the mainstream girls, uh, editorial about, that they talk about brand, I was like, whoa, because I never pay advertising. I never had PR. I did have some PR, but not much with Sophie Cross, which she was beautiful to me. She already lives in Europe now. Uh, uh, Sophie, PR chicks, I remember she was amazing and did a little bit, but I didn't even have budget to that because the only budget I had, imagine if you start with $2,000 have one product, then you sell on your own with a small team. You, I literally was on my sunroom, you know, and my house in Tamarama. Then the sunroom became the baby room. And then I moved to the office we now in Bonda. We've been there 10 years since my daughter was born. It's still the same office. And we're still there, humble. And we just, you know, we use many ways to do our deliveries. And But the team is very close. We're always there all together. And that makes it so cool. You know, it's, I, I like it. That's uh, to do the development this way. <laughs> 
Well, while we're on kind of growing pace by pace, you've obviously grown the brand far beyond that first mascara. I would love to talk more about that product development process. Are you constantly thinking about what you're going to launch next or do you work based on consumer demand or is it a little bit of both? I'd love to hear more about that. Um, I um, I never work on um, demand. Mm-hmm. I I don't work in trend. I don't follow trends. I, I don't know if orange is on trend. I'm wearing orange today. I don't uh, I, because I'm not like that. I don't, my person is just the day is gray, I put an orange red today or a red. Uh, the day is beautiful and sunshine, I like to wear white. I'm very practical. I always wear like my mom. She does the same way. It's lipstick, a dress, boots if it's cold, sandal if it's hot. And that's it. You know, we don't do anything. My hair is as it is. I have some grays there. I just cover them with the same mascara and put in my lashes at the front. And I put some even or eyeshadow, whatever I have. I don't really dye my hair. I never had. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I probably have to start working on that, <laughs> on the formula. Maybe that's something to think about for mm. her. Uh, but I, uh, I, development is something, um, you know, like the beginning. I didn't have Google. I didn't have much internet. I, I, I used to have library and yellow pages. So today we have four laboratories in different places in the world. One for parties, like I say, all the formulas that are mild in parties. Other one for all the formulas that are like creams, like really good, you know, amazing cream formulas. I love so finding so to do our formulas I need to find where is the right machinery who can help me to do this and the formula like for me the French have the best like to, to do the the, the the creams all the cream stuff which is lipsticks uh, cream products um, concealers and all this kind they're just so amazing at this they're so beautiful and mild that make a very same Italians are amazing at powders so the, the machinery the technology is incredible so this is how I work with the laboratory so there's four and Mexico is incredible with oil formulas and obviously skincare in Australia like it's you know I, I am a colored and skincare brand and it wasn't born this way but it's the way it is for for a few years now skincare and Australian are incredible as simple ingredients and skincare and obviously embracing the Ossimex brand we are, as we obviously Australia now, Ossimex. Um, and the development is about uh, an idea. It takes mm-hmm. from, it gets from anywhere. It gets from um, uh, maybe, let's say, just uh, someone salad on a dinner. And I was like, oh, what's that? Oh, that's this. Oh, really? I never heard of it. We don't do that in Mexico. What kind of ingredients is that? I really do the pumpkin soup. I really don't use pumpkin in Mexico. It's a very weird, you know? You know that Mexican food is very complicated and mixed a lot of messy, but yummy. But then mm-hmm. the Australian food is very simple. And one like, you know, the Sunday rolls, the rolls, the veggies, the salad, but beautiful too. So I think this is how, for me, beauty is, whatever you are, whatever in the world. So Australian women, probably the beauty is like food, you know, and Mexican women, their beauty is like the food and French women. So that's how I see it. And Americans, you know, the more the better and the more mix and the more, more, more. <laughs> so I think that's how beauty goes with the way you do, you treat your body with your food. I don't know. That's my thought, my theory. I don't know if I'm right. Maybe some people say that's not right, but I think it's this way for me. So when I develop a product, I think of mixing this and think um, I, I like to fake it always. I like to put let's say, um, for example, the, the, a product like the latest product, maybe let me think about, ah, the one we just launched, the lip gloss, for example, the mango mm-hmm. lip gloss. So I go, 
I want a gloss. And, and for years I've been trying to develop a gloss. Gloss is one of the most toxic products that are out there. It's really? so many ingredients. The gloss, you have a lot of ingredients to make it sticky and stay and be this. So it was like, how am I going to do this? And I said, well, I put honey and it's like a gloss. I put agave, uh, mango honey. So this is what I said. I have to do something. So I said, well, uh, and to do it, by the time you get to this formula, you know, you do syrup, like sugar. So there mm-hmm. has to be a way to do this. And the one we have is nice and tacky, you know, like a juicy tube. I remember those from Lanka. Remember those? Absolutely. Ooh, I was having this conversation ago. last week about juicy tubes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're amazing. They were pioneers on this and I love it. And it's something I like to wear. And I, I probably myself, I don't really planning and putting Botox or anything, but I'm 46. I don't have many lives on my lips, but I know I, as collagen is living away <laughs> and dropping on my level. So I need to put gloss to plump my lips. And this is how I really started to need it. I thought, oh, I need some gloss. And then, and everybody said, oh, everybody loves gloss. We should have a gloss. You don't really have a gloss. Just go lipstick. And then as you try to do it, it's so hard to make this formula. And then when we have it, it just came. So we kind of try to, I picture it. I picture colors. So I fake the way it will look. And then when we kind of think, oh, I have a fake looking product in my, I use obviously the, a graphic designer to do this. I say, oh, I like that. Then I source. How can I get this to be better? What's the best? How can I can find the more sustainable packaging? Can be a mono element or can be something that is actually biodegradable, something that is actually sustainable. Like our brushes, they are biodegradable because they are made of resin. But there's no technology to make a lip gloss packaging that is like that. Because, you know, people go, yeah, yeah, you can use bamboo. No, the bamboo is a stick to the plastic on top so that's actually even worse than the plastic on its own yeah. because the, the the bamboo is so i i have to tell this because it's something maybe this is a good class for your for your listeners so packaging is very uh, is, is the biggest challenge for everybody today because the technology is people is working very hard scientists are working very hard to get to this because if you use like my micellar water is a plastic on its own, pure, simple plastic that I can use. Like my daughter uses to go, she goes swimming in the Thursday morning at six in the morning and she's in squats and she gra- she puts in her conditioner or shampoo if she needs it because she gets a lot of uh, naughty hair and she puts it in the micellar bottle because you can remove the lid, fill it in and use it. But this plastic bottle on its own is 200 mils. I don't need to put bubble wrap on it to transport it. I don't need to put a box to transport it. So it's probably the only big product I have. So recycling this bottle is the best option because if I do glass, it's heavier and I do more carbon emissions, then it will break. Then I have to protect it with plastic or something to don't break or put a box which makes another more rubbish. So being carbon neutral is about how many emissions you send. So we need to, you know, if I send this many to the universe, I need to replace them somehow. So we're helping this in Oaxaca, in Mexico, making a, a energy with wind to help. So. This is where product development is now different and more challenging because of, I feel the heat, Gemma. I feel it. I don't want to make more rubbish for the world. I don't want to create products that nobody needs, unnecessary things to throw into the universe. It's like, you know, when you put something in the internet, that's it. It's on the universe. (laughs) You can't take it back. So I always say, are you really, guys, are you sure? Don't put a photo of anything, not just of me. That's going to stay there. 
you know? So when I look, I look, you know, you get excited when, when people, and I always talk about this, when people is developing, if today anybody's listening and developing, please think on the environment in the way of, well, if you're gonna use plastics because you have an awesome formula, you're gonna use glass or anything else because you really, people need this. Please think, those people really need all these 20, 30, 40 shades of lipsticks? Yes, no. Do they really? Because if you do it and it's just like one off, it will stay in the universe forever, in your universe, in everyone's universe. So we need to think about very well the things we make, like a strange piece of clothes that maybe looks good in a beautiful model, but then not to everybody. Like we really need to think on that because this is everybody's job, everybody's job to think on this. We all have to do this. The day I met the woman from Carbon Neutral, she came from Melbourne. She makes, Jenna, two beans a year. Imagine, who does that? I haven't get there. I haven't get there. I feel it's incredible. I met beautiful woman from Zero Waste and in Mexico, she was coming from Canada. She's been traveling all over the world, giving talks and she didn't want to take my products. You know how I feel? I, I have a beautiful talk to her. We did have Instagram shares and everything. And she said, and I gave her a beautiful pack of products. I, and, I, and she said, no, thank you, Ariel. I don't need them. I was like, okay. And I was like, all right. She doesn't want my products. She said, I don't need anything. And I was like, okay. So this is a new woman. And she's going to come more and more. So what are we going to do for this woman? So we need to really think about that because we all gonna be like that as the more we feel the heat because people who's passionate about environment you know they are as you know today you know like we just have the states they have the the elections and the country is divided but that's the way the whole world is divided we all need to think about what we do and what we produce what we developed is really for the best of everyone so do we really i like for example i don't have masks because do we really need another mask i can't do another mask on an envelope but it's why I, I can't find an answer i keep I keep looking and say, I don't really, the beautiful things are out there that are amazing. I don't read another thing. So I need to think about what's really, really next that is really, really needed. And, and then when I talk to this lady, if you think about zero waste, I go, well, she said, but better brands with, you know, with beauty made better, it really helps the other brands to do less clutter. So keep going on your job, Ari, because you're doing a difference, but I don't need your stuff now. I, I am ahead of that now. And I was thinking, oh, I nearly cried. And I was thinking, I'm such an idiot. What am I doing? Giving this to this woman who she's all about zero waste. And, and I really say, look, well, my brushes are biodegradable. You know, this is, you know, plastic is never, but this brush, you know, is made from corn resin. So you actually, it takes less than plastic to, because plastic, you know, stays around. And, and like, she's like, yeah, but I don't need a brush. I was like, okay. I just didn't know what to give her to stay mm -hmm. with my brand as you do with PR. And, and she's so clever and I admire her so much. And so at the end I say, okay, you know, so I just gonna move on with my day and think about what I'm gonna do. And, and this is why I think as I go to Mexico every year and I do this thing called clean talks for the last five years, the, the Mexicans are a bit more behind and the way we are in regards to clean is very strong this year, but you know, Australia has been for a while. And, uh, and they, all these talks is about, I talk about anything in Spanish, you know, I just could talk and talk wellness and how long time we have, <laughs> but it's really good. So it's really good. You know, I, I, I like doing this and, and just pass my voice of people to have better choices. And, and this is how I do the product development. What do you really need? So when I, if I develop a product, in this case, for example, the glosses, I go, 
you get excited. When if you love beauty and you go, oh, do I mm-hmm. want a, a purple? Oh, we want a pink. Oh, I don't like. Do we really? And I go to everybody and everybody in the office, you know, we don't just an animal, just animal, just family and friends. Every, or everyone in the office comes with nothing on their face because they know they're just going to be slapped with something, mm-hmm. masks and creams. And the development is all between us. I actually, my whole team has all different skins. They're men, women with dry, oily, you know, sensitive, all colors, all, everybody's so inclusive. You know, we got people from everywhere and Colombia and Ireland and everywhere and, you know, UK and Mexico and Portugal and Brazil and, um, you know, everywhere and, 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 and uh, South Africa. And so I just think um, I need to make everybody like the product. When everybody smiles and gets there, oh, wow, I got a new product because I just want to launch by sellers, just things that people need, just people if not, I just don't launch anything. Real things that you really need that makes you happier. So like now, you know, soon we're having a product that for brows because people is doing tattoos and oh my God, like, yes, it is it is in your body. You know, like it is like you, yeah, you're very vegan, you have all this, but you're putting something on your skin. I'm not sure about that. I need to research more. I respect it. But then I'm going to have to make a product to help people to make more brows without the tattoo. I don't know. So I'm just trying to do anything I can to help health, but at the same time thinking in health on one side and environment on the other is making tough and tough and tough our decisions. Well, on that note of trying to make products that are healthy and just being really considered in every part of the process, I would love to talk about ingredients because thankfully that kind of natural products aren't as effective myth has dissipated over time finally how do you go about physically sourcing ingredients that are going to match and I mean in your case outperform synthetic counterparts um I um I I really like um how can I say I I like to think about um the dignity of the ingredient. Mm-hmm. I like to think about um, uh, nutritive formulas. That's my first thing in my head. So I le- I don't have fancy stuff. I don't in my range. That's not my brand. It's nothing fancy. It's all basic stuff. Like one of my aunties, my mom's sister, who has the most beautiful skin, she's nearly 60, and she's just like, so not a wrinkle. She just grabs a tomato and puts her on her face, like just slice a tomato, and that's her serum. Wow. You know? And I, I can keep the secret. <laughs> you know, even may, they might don't buy my serum, but so not everybody wants to chop a tomato. I don't know. <laughs> so I, and I said, it's just a tomato. Well, it's pantothenic acid. And as I, you know, as I have, you know, people, you know, my family loves science. Like my dad's name is Rubidio. That's, you know, from <laughs> rubidium, you know, rubidium is an element. He's just so lucky he wasn't called oxygen or helium <laughs> or something like that. But my dad's name is rubidium. His parents were chemists and, and they love, you know, chemistry is so incredible. And, and I know that a simple onion, garlic, everything, quinoa, carrots, beetroot, all these things that are everywhere, that they're not in danger, you know, like, I don't know, camels. I'm not sure, you know. Emus? I don't know. Like, why will I choose these ingredients? Um, I don't know. Rose hip, for example. Rose hip was a lot in trend, you know, in uh, maybe 2005. I remember Trilogy. And um, there was a lot of brands. And, and rose hip oil is actually not so easy to find. And it's expensive because, you know, we wanted so much of it. So 
I, for example, the Rossi Polipa that Zoe Foster used to like, now is arranged from wild pansy, because it's pansy, they're not in danger, you know? And they're beautiful, they're good, they as well good for healing the skin. And here we go, so we got a range, this hope, love, life, hope, send, dream, the, the names, you know, trying to stay positive. And, and so making a product and thinking about what goes in it is about the ingredient dignity, really. So I use simple things, like carrots for the cheeks, beetroot for the lips, you know, oats for the face. It's a breakfast. You put it in the morning and it's oats. Like that, that costs nothing. So you put the money in the technology, you know, and then because my range is I've always wanted to be in the middle. So that's how the brand is, is top balance in the middle. So I, I just have like, it's not like my foundation, you know, it's not a $15. It's not a $67, $80. It's a $40. So that's how the mascara was. I didn't know how much to charge for the mascara. I said, I went to, I don't remember which store, I think Priceline in those days. And I was like, okay, there's mascaras for $10 and mascaras for $40. I'm going to choose to be $25. And that's how I chose my mascara to be. And today, you know, I can have someone from, you know, Deloitte coming and talk me about business and give me, make a business plan. And I will go, meh. I just say $25 my first product. I don't know how much it's going to cost me to make me to make it. I just knew it took me $20 to look after kids every hour, you know, and I was babysitting and $20 for an hour of cleaning and $20 for an hour of waitressing because I got a pay rise. It used to be 15, you know, and, and I remember when I wanted to earn my money, the lady said, I say, I need to charge you 25. I said, why? But all the babysitters said 20. And I'll say, but I'm really good. And I say, who do you think you are, Mary Poppins? And I say, well, I am. I can clean the house, look after the kids, do everything at the same time. Okay, you get your $25 every. And that's how I make money. And this is what I want my products to be. I give you more and more for less. This is what I was, and that's how I am. You know, I, I am busy, and this is how I am, busy and doing a lot of things, but I'm enjoying my life, you know, positive stress. And that's how I want my products to be. To be like that, to multitask, to do a lot with not too much stuff and, and do like be, you know, inclusive and have a good cost and do good performance. So balance is what it is. I think it's about, you know, stop avocados. This is what we use in our products, things that are not in danger. So, for example, if, if an ingredient is in trend, I will not pick that ingredient ever. So mm -hmm. uh, it's not, no need juice is in trend. Well, I'm not taking that because I know it's going to go out of season in two minutes because today with the internet, oh my goodness, it's like, like this, everybody wants it. And this is what's killing the environment. Everybody mm -hmm. wants it. Even the avocados already are with the cartels in Mexico. You know, they don't do cannabis anymore. They do avocados. This is, you know, you see watching that in Netflix, that, um, that documentary because everybody wants avocados. So now it's hard for the agriculture in Mexico because America buys our avocados. They're amazing and beautiful and in good price. And now they, you know, all the drug dealers are in those areas. I was like, why? Because it's just such a precious thing because everybody wants avocados. Now everybody knows how amazing they are. Well, before everybody thinks they make you fat, you know? Mm. And this is why I think for me, you know, tomatoes, have you today, have you tried to buy a nice tomato here in the shop? It's so hard to get a nice tomato. You know, like when in, in, in Italy, oh, they're so amazing and beautiful, you know? And you like, oh, yummy, like, I, and my mouth is watering. And and can I just get a decent tomato, you know? I just gotta go you to You think the... it's not a big ask? No, but this is a tomato. I don't yeah. need to find a fancy ingredient, you know? I put gold on my formulas. Gold is in a simple, good tomato. 
with good mm -hmm. acids and good vitamin C. So I think farming is important for us to think about that when producing products because everything is coming from farming, you know, like a beautiful lanolin, you know, that uh, uh, it's, you know, it's being used for, for products and lanolin is, is, is so good, but in responsible farming, why don't you get something that at the end, that, you know, the animal needs to use as well, you know, his, his, his ingredients, if people need it, but it has to be responsible. So I, I can't offend anybody. I want to be respectful in everybody's beliefs. And that's how I run my life. I, I would never be the wellness person with a flag, like, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And I, it has never been, my brand has never been a no. I don't have like, no this, no this, no that, in a big sign, 100% natural. I'm all organic. I'm all certified by this and this and that. That's never been my brand. Actually, my tagline, it was always naturally beautiful for a good skin day. Just like I'm actually trying to find a new one now, just to move on in my game now to mainstream people, to people to understand who we are. And I've been having a lot of thought into who are we, you know, is beauty made better? Who are we? You know, is that this is because we just have so much to say about the brand. And that's what I need to talk in these kind of things like with you today to tell people why this product the way it is, because the choice is to have something that you need. We don't have to make too many of them. We just do what you need and you do a little, so a little goes along the way. So if you buy one of our carapods, you can have them three years with you. They last for ages. There's so much pigment and they're for chicken leaves or multitasking, you know, and that's nice. And that happened to everybody. It really, and mascaras, they actually, because they're very handcrafted formula. Some people say, oh, the waterproof mascara runs a little. That's like the wine. You need to let it rest sometimes because it's a very, yeah, that's the way handcrafty, you know, the formula. And, 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 and then people say, oh, you run, just let it, don't throw it away, please. Because after the formula, you put a drop of olive oil when it goes dry and it works again because it works. There's so much in a bottle that can last that uh, sometimes if the production is too fast, they don't leave the formula enough time to rest, you know, like the whole bucket of product. Mm. Like when you do a wine, like you let it rest and then it's nice. And so that's the same for this kind of formula. So I, I really don't use water and things like that. So it's very simple and, and it, it helps the, the, the product. Now, now my challenge is making a good product is I have dignity with the ingredient is to, to, this is it. And when you, let's say someone is making a beautiful lip balm at home and they make the brand like Frankie, you know, they develop Frank beautiful coffee scrubs and you do this and you do that. But then you become to the game of, Oh, people in the other side of the world want my product. And now as you try to develop more, then sometimes you need to use different ingredients to do more products so you can actually transport and stay in 50 degrees in boxes with transport. Mm. Because everybody in the, in the cosmetic industry, you will use ovens, or at least I use that. I put my products in 50 degrees ovens, 40, they used to be 40, now they're 50, so to see if the product can, can in the packaging. So sometimes a natural product can break glass because of the oil and the, and the acidity, and you have to put it in plastic. And then you wanna be very natural, but the formula doesn't suit the glass. And people don't know that that's what packaging, as you heard in your interviews, is, is I think the longest time to get a product out there, you know? So sourcing the packaging, the ingredients, it's all about the dignity of your skin, of your, of your, of your ingredient, of where it comes from. And I, you know, I respect animals, but I respect humans more. And I know so many ingredients, like, you know, to remove beeswax from our products, then you need to get candelilla. And candelilla comes from Mexico. And these people to get the candelilla, they're having an awful life to get 
inside these holes to get the candelilla and and men really have a lot of problem to get this so is this really being not cruel to the human person you know like sometimes we are more cruel to humans you know mm. and this is what you don't want so you want to be fair to to think where the things come from and this is what we try to be as much as we can in the chain you know i call it like you know like the circle of life like the lion king <laughs> i love this movie because it's playing so much to the children i don't think people give enough credit of this movie how incredible it is and what it teaches you you know it's a circle so yay i'm here i'm so vegan with my beautiful salad in my big plastic bowl that i'm just take away to my house you know so it's like because you know you really want to have a healthier healthier lifestyle and you want someone to make the food for you just sit down in the place and eat it there you know if you have to put your mask on but you gotta you know uh, just think in the best option so coffee cups so do you really have to walk with your coffee? Just sit there and enjoy. I think I think this pandemic just teaches us to sit and enjoy a coffee, right? Yes. And sit again and do it at home. I don't know how to make coffee. I don't know how to make rice. A lot of millennials talk about this. They didn't know how to cook. They order everything. And this this year just taught them to go back to the kitchen. I think that's great, you know? And 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 this is what I want to do in the kitchen. Get these products, get oats and quinoas and things and make food, you know, food for the face. And that's how I think we, we do our products. I love it. You have sat at the helm of this business since about 2002 now. Over that time, what have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen within the beauty industry? Um, what are the biggest changes in the beauty industry? That, um, um, uh, let me think about. Um, I think, okay, I'm going to try to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, because it's already, I think we're more than an hour now. Um, oh, I love I have, it. The longer, the better for me. <laughs> I have, I have Miss Teddy Bear and Miss Prudence and Miss Conscience. I think I have these images of women in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say Miss Teddy Bear. For example, I have, like, let's think about Winner Patrol, Jennifer Aniston, Kim Kardashian. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. Just trying to make a story. So I look at these women and then what do they want to say? You know, the way they look, the way they dress, the way they do, the way they, they act, how they actually famous, why are they famous, you know? And, and, and I see beauty like that. So you cater, everyone in beauty cater for these three different women. And I think the the future of beauty is making these three women be friends. I don't know if you, can you, I, I don't know. Do you think people will get me what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I think I definitely do. Yeah. Okay. So I, so these three ladies are now friends. So they're sitting on a cafe, on a coffee shop, um, Kim Kardashian, Jennifer Aniston and Winnie Pato. Oh, and actually Selena Gomez as well. You know, mm-hmm. we, we throw her in there because she's young. Be, yeah. uh, talking about ages and now. Oh, who else do we put on this table? Oh, why don't we put, um, Judy Drench, oh, oh, natural beauty, natural beauty at her age. So mm-hmm. all these women, we have to cater for them, you know, and what are we going to do with them? They, uh, you know, they need the same thing. They want to be happy. They don't want to look old. They want to stay in the game and we all follow them. And we want to, you know, we like marketing is people is ships used to be the way beauty used to be. We used to be, please, some editorial talk about me so I can sell a product today. The actual consumer tell us what to do. You know, they say to us what to do. So I think uh, we have to listen. And today the beauty brands are listening to the consumer. And that's what amazing social media is. It's not 
you know, social media, it shouldn't be for people to be negative or at all. We should use that and embrace it to share the more beauty that it is in our, in our findings in life. And I think uh, the beauty industry is actually thinking of that. So they're putting all these women together and go, okay. So uh, with the years now, uh, Kim Kardashian wants to have coverage and look flawless. But how do you get that without so many products? Like with the Patra said, because she said you should wear less, but she still doesn't want to look old or, you, or do Botox. So she says, oh, yeah. So maybe you need to have better skin to actually don't wear too many products. So, okay, I'm going to look after my skin. And how do I do it? You know, like, you know, like Queen Elizabeth, like she has an amazing diet, mm. <laughs> you know, and she's still, you know, leading. So it's like, okay, so how do you do that? So, so I need to eat well. All right. How do I always look fun? Like, you know, like Jennifer Aniston and always got so much hair. How do you do that? You know, it's a good attitude. And, you know, like, it, I think, so you start mixing and getting this person that is coming out of this 2020 that is just want to be happy, just have to have a good day and don't want to be judged. And then, then the Selena Gomez come along and she does anything. I sing, I can act, I can do makeup, I can, but I actually got lupus and my best friend gave me my kidney, a kidney, you know, so I need to do something. So she decided to create a beauty brand as well. Is that clean enough for what she's got? So she's thinking on it. You know, I can see already and you see the formulas and you see, but you know, then we got Rihanna and she, you know, she just needs to be inclusive. And then she brought this into the game. Who's making us little brands as little as you can be to be inclusive. We need to have more shades on the foundation side of skin because this year was all about respect, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That's the big word of this year. Respect is the word. So I think beauty, and the future of beauty is respect. So whatever comes from it. So I think you have to respect to be old, to look beautiful old. You gotta respect that you have black skin or white skin and respect it. And beauty has to respect that. I think you wanna look happy and sexy and beauty has to respect that. And I think that, you know, being in COVID has, we still is, I mean, in Australia, we don't feel it, but I feel it because my other half is in Mexico and I talk to people and do Insta lives with people in, in masks and this is the way it is. And people respect you. What, how do you respect? You put a mask on, you wash your hands. How do you respect the environment? Oh, I should use a soap instead of an antibacterial on a plastic because then what's the point? You know, we, we just have clean skies now in Mexico City which we haven't for a long time, like mm -hmm. in Paris and Tokyo and all these cities, you're like, so let's don't go, let's don't forget how we got here in the first place. You know, why do we have COVID? Why someone in China just have to sell big, crazy mixes of animals because they have such a bad life because we just want to buy so much stuff from them. Cost nothing because we just so urge of having more and more. Same t-shirt in 20 colors. Sorry, but that's the reality. You know? Mm. So, to get there, how do I see beauty changing? I see beauty has a big brain now. The brain of respect has a heart, has a brain, and everything is coming now in the future. I think it's about respecting that. So I think we're gonna see less makeup, more skin. We're gonna see more, less excuse in brands, more space because people need space. Like now, you know, we have uh, the beautiful, uh, uh, make a flag store that is got in a, in the Goins building. It's just the space so people can go in and don't be, you know, have a social distancing and stuff. It's important 
you know, mm. it's a good thing. I think she's very visionary. I said, wow, opening a store like that in the middle of this crazy year, I think it's amazing how brave she is, you know, and, and Mecca is a good example of it. But, you know, it's, it is beauty. It has to change. And what I've seen in these 16 years, do you remember Sex in the City when Samantha, I don't know if you watched this, Samantha I, was with, with fur, you know, with a big fur and someone just throw a bucket yeah. and, an animal and that was actually the huge moment for animals huge mm. moment that you know that 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 star decided to put that in in his show like how much they talk about this and now you know all these the shows like we it's amazing how they these shows that are so you know good good feel good for for, for women are so important you know that that the messages that you do in something fun is crazy how much impact they have in the whole world and i think the changes are already there. And and sadly, this year, you know, uh, Europe still, you know, thinking about it going in animal testing again. And it's weird because, you know, we really need something for the COVID. Do we really need to test animals for beauty? I'm not sure about that. We need to. So we have to be the ones demanding. You know, we need to be the ones. The consumers to the beauty brands need to keep on pushing and using their media for that. Not, 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 not to be hateful or to to be judgy just to be to have a voice and be strong i see i think this is what and i think these 16 years the change i saw was this you know that we went from uh you know from facebook to instagram to tiktok for less and less and less writing more images and more fun tiktok is less presumptuous you know and it's more fun because the new generations they they just want to be you know have better choices have fun not be it just and we have to cater for them. So the 12, 13, 14 year olds today, she can wear my purple mascara and that's it. And she's done. Mm-hmm. Put a sunblock on and she's done. That's why I made a purple mascara because I want to add fun, you know, and I like it. So all my friends, like my, my I got, most of my friends are over 50 and they have blue eyes and I wear in the purple mascara. Oh, I love it. I really just add some fun into my face. And, and this is how then maybe she wears a purple mascara. She doesn't need so much other stuff, you know? So it's just like, just the one thing. I don't need to do red and do red. just the one. And I purple, you know, is made of yellow and 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 red. And so you have like all skin tones, you know, like like if you have a purple dress or mauve, it really goes to everybody. Different than when coral was in trend. Everybody wearing coral, oh my goodness, it doesn't really suit everyone, <laughs> you know, because the color is not blue and yellow, you know. So there is our skins, a lot of people have yellow undertones, a lot of people blue undertones, or some people are mixed. So there's some of the colors in fashion are really good for everybody, you know, like neutral stuff. So I think thinking that way, we have to develop stuff in, in makeup that helps. And if we have a little bit of fun, I think brands should do it, but settle and done. So we don't make too much stuff that it just goes away into minutes and end up in someone's bin because people do clean and then products go off and we need to think about that. So I think beauty has evolved that way. And it's a lot of, very interesting things happening. I, I am I'm very, very, very aware. And I think every year people listen more and more and more. And we're going to see Miss Teddy Bear, Miss Prudence, and Miss Conscious all together having a coffee and having a great time. And I think that's what I see and that's what I envisage that's going to happen, you know. Like Millie Bobby Brown, she's young and she's having simple things. Like, it just is... Um, it's going to happen, you know. I think I'm very, very happy that I'm in this because I'm intrigued. It's like a Netflix series my whole life, looking at, you know, what's happening with beauty. It's incredible. So many changes. I'm very positive about it. It's going to be something good. 
Well, on that note, my final question, what is next for Eri Perez? Oh, healing. Healing is next for me. Healing. Uh, body, biodegradable choices. Work with young scientists is what I want to do. I hope my kids want to be scientists. I, I, this is, you know, I hear a lot of, I, I listen a lot of, um, there's a lot of things today on Instagram or, you know, podcasts on TED, TED Talks, all these things. There's a lot of uh, talks about those, what maybe kids, I'm not sure if kids will go to university as it will be as a big goal these days as, you know, a lot of them like in Mexico or the countries, this whole year uni is being closed mm-hmm. and they study online and it's, it's very big to have all these courses and, and many subjects online and being on Zoom all the time and, and not seeing your teachers. So a lot of kids are changing the way they think. And I have my nephews, my niece at 15, 18 years, you know, she graduated at 15, just outside school, going on the car with a mask on her face to have the diploma from the teacher, photo taken. That's how they're graduating today. And, wow. and because Australia is just 25 million people, we are not the world. You know, mm. Mexico has 130 million. America has 300 million. You know, uh, the, all the countries like Germany, Spain, France, they're all between 80 and 50, Italy. You have people really don't know these things, you know. The, the, the space of Australia is the size of the U.S., you know, in, 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 in area. But we just 25 million, which yeah. is less than the Mexican that are in the U.S. because it's 10%, it's 30 million of Mexicans in the U.S. <laughs> so how many people have a different life? And is Australia driven beauty? Of course we're not, because we're the ones having a great time with no masks at the moment, you know. And even though we complain, I know it's not easy or for Victorians or, you know, but the way life is in many other countries and how life has been taken by many is, is really just unbearable. So I think um, next it should be science. I think science is the word. I think we need to look at science. And as much as I want to remove a wrinkle, I think we need science for many other things. You know, I think, uh, I think the sun is very hot. I think, I, think uh, I feel the heat. I feel it, you know, last weekend in Australia and it's nothing nice, you know. I feel shallow on the weekend. I say, am I selling another lipstick? You know, I really think. And I go, I need to think science. I've been um, getting close. Uh, in the place I am from in Mexico, I have a land. Uh, uh, my husband and I have been uh, getting some things in Mexico and places that we, we like to dreams we have. And this, this place in Monte Morelos is, is, a, is a land that they produce most of the oranges that, to create oranges for, for America. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really nice weather. It's a place where you have rain. And so in that area, there's a lot of oranges. And all these oranges make juice. But imagine what happened to all the oranges. They just throw them, right? And this is young scientist uh, from a university in Mexico, 21, that she just... Um, discover how to create plastic out of oranges. Wow. It's amazing. I I nearly cried when I saw this and I was like, this is what you want. You want kids who want to study. Mm. Who say that? Yes, you can be a YouTuber and have a podcast and have a people, these people to think. The world needs thinkers. And that doesn't come from a tiny course on how to design a website, you know? Like, it is really important that People want to know and listen and study. We need, we need doctors, you know, we need scientists. We need people to think how the world is going to survive in the heat. 
We need, so as many people talking about, oh, companies and how business work these days and less this, and you don't need to know much to end this much. And you're going to, I know there's a lot of talk about this, which is good, you know, but as I said, the world is full of different people and we need all these different people. Not everybody can live out of the YouTube channel, you know, is or selling makeup and make a brand. I don't think I will the rest of my life. I don't know how I can live out of this in the next three, four years. The world is changing rapidly and the temperatures are raising. So I am already in my next game. So what's next for A-Press? I'm already there because I'm very worried about water. I'm very worried. If anybody, please just go and search what's going on with the water in Sydney, right here. You know, this house is built right here in Parramatta that people cannot live because they're too hot. And they already built. They're too hot. And they already, the government just pick up the, all the, the ways, the freeways, because it's they too hot. They melt the, the wheels and the shoes of people. And so that's what's coming. So we, we have to worry about water. So why will I launch a shampoo right now? You know, like I need less, you know, soap bars or something. We need more of those brands. We need more zero waste. So I need scientists and I want to push that and I want to work with them. And that, this is what I want to do. So I don't know if my R&D is going to be for very long in beauty. I want to do something, you know, I really do because I like science and I like, and I love my brand It's opening choices and it's teaching like Mexicans how to eat better and less Coca-Cola, you know, and be more vegan. Not because being vegan, just have less meat a week. Everything helps because you know, the three biggest, I'm, I'm guilty for it, you know, the three biggest things that pollute the world, you know, is airplanes, which are less now, and then meat and, and plastic. And we need to think about that. So we, you know, it's not like you're going to be vegan. No, just eat less animal, you know, less. And yes, I'm having my almond milk. Almond takes so much water. It's as bad, you know, it's balanced. It's balanced. So we need to think about these things. We can't be so ignorant and follow, you know. We can't just follow simple things that that doesn't te teach you much we need people we need to have you know uh, we need to read we need to read what's going on or listen to it now with podcasts we need to i love you know i listened once to sarah wilson on a on a on a podcast she's so clever i like she reads her news you know like mm. it's nice to have women and any age just to know and in my range you know as it's been since i got the skincare well it's always been very inclusive like not gender genderless as you call it uh, my skincare is for men and women and the guys loved it you know they love the the oil in the beer so the sense everything is for men and women so that makes i don't need two products i don't need a man range i don't need just for everybody for the grandma for the men for everybody and that's how i do the makeup also because guys some of the guys are, are more vain these days and they want to tie their eyebrows and the whole packaging everything i do for men and women so everybody can use it and and this is how the more I see, I, sta I, I stand up in front of my stand and I look at all my range there in the showroom we go here in Bondi and I go, what do I remove? I do think like that, less of this. Well, so what's next? I need to remove things, put things that are more important for today's new person, for this very savvy, new, very smart new consumer that we have in the world that got so much time to learn this year. And so we have a pause. We, we pause, we play, we're living now. We're learning to love. And this is about, I'm coming, I'm looking for love. I'm looking for better choices in, in my life. 
to be with scientists and to look after the body, after my house where I live, which is my body. I'm looking for healing. So this is what's next for Eric Perez. That was Eric Perez, founder of Eric Perez, which you can find on Instagram at Eric Perez Cosmetics. To read this interview, you can visit glowjournal.com and for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast. Thank you for joining me and I'll be back with a very special guest on January 20th.